We are Vintage City Church based out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Welcome to our podcast. If you'd like to watch the live video of this teaching, head over to VintageCityChurch.com. We are so glad you are here. Let's get started with today's teaching. We had this really elaborate plan for the day. Um, but there's, a, there's an interesting thing that happens when you ask the Holy Spirit to lead the church. Sometimes he does. Um, I want to invite you to take a seat for a second. I want to share. We, we were singing this song. And there's a phrase in it that says, lead and teach me. It's not that I think the plan we had today wasn't cool. We'll do it maybe next week. Um, But we felt like the Lord taught us something this morning. How many have ever come across something in scripture you had not ever seen before? And it's kind of like you, after seeing it, you're like, how did I miss that? First Corinthians 13 says this. There are three things that will endure. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. We're like, hey, that's awesome. Three things that will endure. I love that. Okay, go to Hebrews 9 with me. Verse 1. Now in that first covenant between God and Israel, there were regulations for worship and a sacred tent here on earth. There were two rooms in this tent In the first room were a lampstand, a table, and loaves of holy bread on the table. I think it's interesting. In the first room, there's lampstand. I think it's this promise from the Lord, you're never going to have to be in the dark. Because they were to never let it go out. It was this constant reminder that in the presence of the Lord, there would always be light. There's a table. What's that for? I think it's symbolic of an invitation from the Lord to know this. I'm always ready to meet with you. There's a table set at any given time. It will always be there. And then there's loaves of bread. You never have to wonder if I have something to feed you. I would say we could stop there and be like, that's a really good teaching. This is something the Lord took us to in the first gathering, and it was not on the agenda. So um, those of you that know how much I love things that aren't planned, you know where I'm feeling right now. But if we read on, this was called the holy place. There was a curtain, and behind the curtain was a second room called the most holy place. In that room, were a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Now, how many, as soon as I say Ark of the Covenant, think about Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, that's the picture in our culture that we get. And we all know in Raiders of the Lost Ark, what do you not do? You don't look into the Ark because then your face melts off like, like all the people in the, in the movie. And so what happens if, because of that culture, We have this mindset that's maybe in our humanity, and that is that the ark is not to be looked upon. 
This most holy place is a place to be fearful and dread, a place that we're to be terrified of because there's so much power contained in this place that it just, just takes a moment and he lashes out at you. How many of you are honest would say, sometimes I think I approach the Lord that way? That it is, there's a little bit to be feared. Okay, so catch this where it says, there's three things hidden in this ark. Inside the ark were a gold jar containing some manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the, cov- of the covenant with the Ten Commandments written on them. The glorious cherubim were above the ark. Their wings were stretched out over the ark's cover. The place of atonement. But we can't explain these things now. Well, we're going to explain these things now. Remember what I said? There's three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Isn't it interesting? There's three things in the ark. The manna. What was manna? Manna was provision. If you don't know what manna was, that's literally what the word means. What is it? Manna was a food source. Israel's in the desert, and they're starving, and they're hungry, and the Lord says this to them. I know that right now you have no idea how you're going to eat. You have no idea what's going to be provided for you. You don't even know if you're going to make it, but I've got this covered. I will provide for you. In the morning, manna will be on the ground, and you can go grab it. And they're like, what is manna? Nobody had ever seen it before. So they walk out in the morning, and they look at it, and they're like, what is it? it got, that's how the name manna became. Okay, but the thing about manna that we read in the scripture is manna was given with a 24-hour expiration date. They were able to pick it up, utilize it for that day, and it would, go, it would spoil. But all of a sudden here in the ark, there's a gold jar with manna in it that somehow has been preserved through all eternity. Why? Because it's a picture of us that we can trust in the Lord's ability to care for us, that it endures, he transcends space and time. There's never gonna be a situation we're ever gonna face that he can't triumph over. So he puts this manna in the ark and says, inside the ark, the ark of covenant, I want you to never forget, I can take care of you. I will be able to provide for you when you're incapable of providing for yourself. When you know you didn't earn it, I will do it for you because this is how I want to love you. There's a second thing inside this ark. And for the record, the Lord chose for these things to be preserved. It wasn't us going, oh, we need memorials. It was him saying, I want you to hold on to this memory. I want you to know these things. Why? Because you are to learn from them. Because there's going to come a day when I'm going to give my son, and I want you to be able to remember what's hidden in that covenant for your life. The second, Aaron's rod. It's an almond branch. Now, how many understand the basics of horticulture that when you cut a branch off from the tree it's connected to, it no longer can bud? But somehow, this branch keeps budding eternally. It never dries up. It never gets brittle. It just stays alive, even though it's disconnected. For Aaron, it was to be a picture of hope that you can trust the Lord will always be able to do things that are impossible for you. 
you can rest assured in this hope. When you put your hope in the Lord, it will never be discouraged. It's not a wrong place to put your hope. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put a rod, a piece of wood that is budding at all times, disconnected from its source, and I'm gonna put it in front of you. In fact, I'm gonna put it into the ark so you never forget that I can do whatever I wanna do, whenever I wanna do it, and you can hope in that. The last one, faith, hope, love. There's these 10 commandments. The 10 commandments were God's law given to humanity. They were the rules that he gave Israel to live by. The violation of these rules required penalty. How do you get love out of that? Let me show you. Because he does something by putting these rules into the ark. It's important that we understand all three of these things are contained in this mechanism that has over top of it something called the mercy seat, which is the cherubim. And the blood would be sprinkled over this to create atonement. And Hebrews says, see, the new covenant we're in church, it's better than that old covenant was. This new covenant says these things, these promises, faith, hope, love, are contained within the seal of Jesus' blood. Go back to those tablets. What he says is this, you will never again be held accountable for the law. I love you enough to remove from you the requirement to keep the law for salvation. For the rest of your days, the law is secured by my blood, not by your obedience. Pastor Gary in the first gathering was sharing this and he, looked, he just stopped and went, how have I never seen this? That in the blood of Jesus, we have the promise of provision. It was put in the ark so we would not forget it. We have the promise of hope. He can and will do whatever he wants to do for us whenever he wants to. And we have the promise of love. And no matter how often we goof up the law, his love never ceases. It never changes. It never fades away. That his covenant towards us is sure. There's some of us in here who desperately need provision. You're facing things where you need a miracle. My goal in this was to stir up enough truth and faith that you go, okay, because of Jesus and my relationship with him, I have every right to ask for provision. Yes. I have every right to expect it. Yes. We sang a song earlier, you're our provider. I would love, my kids were young. We were at the dinner table. I was, I was leaving the job I was in and I, we sit down to have a family meeting and I'm explaining to them that I was a worship pastor and I felt like the Lord had asked me to resign my position and I didn't really know what unto. Now, I'm a business guy at heart, so the best time to leave a job is when you have a job. I've lived my entire life that way. I always had like a backup of a backup plan. 
And the Lord had just said, I want you to do this. And I'm like, it took me nine months. I was a worship leader. What it really took was the Lord stripped my ability to sense his presence away and said, are you going to obey me or not? And I was like, okay. So I'm sitting down with the kids and with Belinda and we're, we're sharing with them that we're gonna go on this adventure. Now, because they're raised in a very pragmatic home, my oldest at the time, his, his question was, so we're going to be homeless? The youngest, a little more focused on the needs at hand, says, so we're not going to be able to eat? And I, ha- I, I made this statement. It just kind of came out. It was one of those where it came out, and I'm like, that for sure wasn't me. I said, guys, we're going to be fine, because if he fails us, we'll be the first people in the history of the world he's ever failed. Okay, so run that back in your life. Whatever you're facing right now, if he failed you, you'd be the first person in the history of the world that he failed. He doesn't have it in his constitution to fail you. He gave this manna forever to be preserved as a picture, I will take care of you. Not as a picture of I can take care of you, as a promise of I will take care of you. You're like, well, that's not fair. He doesn't have to do that. What in this thing is fair? At what point is it fair for the Son of God to give his life as a ransom for humanity? Who was, we, we sing it, he who knew no sin became sin. There was never to be a fair exchange here. It was always to be something supernaturally gracious that he would do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Church, here's what I'm here to tell you today. Part of that is provision. There's some of you here that are incredibly hopeless. You're kind of at your wit's end. You're at the place where you're like, I don't see a way forward. And maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's business. I don't know what it is. And in the ark, there's this almond branch that cut off from its source, alone, removed from its right environment, all those things. You fill in the blanks, however you want to describe it it's still budding because his answer is, you can hope in me, I will see you through. Your ability to make it is not based on you, it's based on him. If you would, you could lean into him, he'll become the strength you need to make it. He'll bring life where there's death. He'll bring increase and bud to places where you feel like you've been cut off. You don't have to live in that condition. You have this living memorial in the ark that says, you could ask for this. You could literally speak to it and say, Lord, this thing is dead and I'm declaring life over it because you showed me you could keep anything alive. And there's some of you that are living so cursed because you're holding yourself to the law. I've screwed up, I've done this, I can't do this. And you got a list that's a mile long of all the reasons why God can't use you, won't use you, and doesn't wanna use you. And I'm here to tell you that the 10 commandments, that stone tablet, it's in the ark for one purpose. It is to remind you that you were never gonna be able to keep that law. You were never gonna be able to do it. It was always gonna have to be his blood in the mercy seat over top of it. And so from here on out, you should stop trying to be perfect before him and start walking in this grace that says, I'm not perfect but I'm not going to quit living for him. These three things remain. 
faith, hope, and love. Now you might say, I need all three, but maybe you're hearing like, I really need faith. I'm facing some stuff. I desperately need the people that got around me to help me believe for what I'm facing. If you're here today and you're like, I'm facing something big and you don't get prayer for that, you're crazy. If you feel like you're seeing death all around you, maybe you should look at the almond branch and go, hey, you're the one that brings what's dead to life. You're the one that keeps what should be dead alive. So Lord, I'm gonna put my situation in your hands and invite you to breathe life on it. And maybe you're here and you're like, I've been trying to just keep the law and I can't. Maybe for you, it's the first time ever. You've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're like, I've been a believer, but I've been a believer in my own ability to keep the law and I need to just learn how to lean into the grace of God, the kindness of God. If you're in any of those categories, stand up. For those of you that have been here for a bit, you know how we roll. We're going to get around you. We're going to ask some information and we're going to start praying creative miracles because we believe the Lord is here for the purpose of meeting needs. So church, keep, put your hands up now that you've stood up. That way we don't lose you when we all stand up. There we go. This is how the system works. All right, church, where there's a hand, let's get around them. Let's dig in. Let's find out what needs to be prayed for and let's go. Thank you for your time with us. If you enjoyed this teaching, we would love to invite you to join us at a live gathering. We are located at 1501 Academy Court in Fort Collins, Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about Vintage City Church, including our gathering times, previous teachings, and how to become a part of our family, visit us today at vintagecitychurch.com and be sure to connect with us on social media.